0: welcome to the irreplaceable dental assistant podcast brought to you by dame dental assisting made easy this is a safe space to be mentored empowered energized and equipped Today, my guest is Michelle Allen.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Excited to be a part of the podcast. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Michelle? What does she bring to the table? Right,
1: so I am a speech-language pathologist. Well, first and foremost, I'm your niece, the <laughs> <and> Heather. <laughs> and uh, so I'm a speech-language therapist and I've been working in the field for about 10 years now. My main focus has been working with patients, individuals, clients that have a variety of special needs. And from toddlers, children, adults, teenagers as well, geriatric age group, uh, the whole uh, wide range of, of disorders, disabilities, and just trying to try to, to manage their cases as best as I can in regards to communication.
0: And that is key. You know Michelle, the other day we were speaking and you said something that blew my mind. One in six persons has some form of disability. Did I hear you correctly? Yes, yeah, so. About 15% of the
1: population um, is suspected or diagnosed to have some sort of special needs. And a lot of these cases can go undetected or undiagnosed, and others have have received a diagnosis or have been identified. But these special needs, it, it encompasses many different areas. It could be a physical disability, uh, could be a mental health disorder, uh, behavioral issues. Uh, this also encompasses any kind of communication disorders, things that are acquired later on in life or developmental, something that uh, an individual was born with, intellectual disabilities. So there's Many different, many different areas that challenges the the person could be challenged, be
0: challenged with. (laughs) That's a wide pool, but I think what intrigues me the most is there's some things that, you know, it's obvious to you that this person has a disability, whether it's physical or, 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 um, it's an obvious, um, mental challenge, um, that's easy to detect, but when it's subtle, when it's undetected or when it's not easily identifiable, you know, I I wonder how many of those persons I may have come in, in contact with and maybe just not understood what was happening. Um, Maybe just not understood that they were challenged, challenged to understand clearly what I was saying or challenged to sit still or, you know, challenged to focus. Uh, Could you give us some maybe tips or maybe things to look out for to know if someone may just be just below threshold that we could say, hmm, wonder if there's something more going on here?
1: Yes, it's definitely important to remember that when it comes to individuals that have special needs, there's a a wide range in terms of severity. So those where it's severe or moderate to severe, it can be very clear and um, we make the adjustments that we need to uh, because it's so obvious to us that you have to. But there are also those that have more mild, mild to moderate, concerns that those are the ones where it can can be really difficult for them because sometimes people aren't as understanding or they think oh it's just their personality uh, when really um, they're it it might be something deeper than that in regards to like learning difficulties or mental health issues Uh, so here are these are a few signs, uh, some things to be aware of if you might encounter uh, a patient or individual that that may have special needs. So if they have, if you notice their attention, like decreased attention with tasks, or difficulty with following instructions, or you see that that their comprehension might be a bit off you're explaining something to them and they are, we bring up an off topic, something that's off topic that has nothing to do with uh, what you were, the topic that you were discussing. Uh, they appear to be disorganized, confused, forgetful. You know, you're, for example, um, providing instructions for, for care, for oral, for, for dental care and um, they seem agitated or they have kind of folded up and put it in their purse without asking any follow-up questions, those are just a few different signs that they're actually might just be struggling with understanding what's going on.
0: Well, that's very good to know. Those. Those are some good cues, some tips to look at. But let's assume the dental assistant picks up that there may be something just a little different. Um, most people have a little bit of anxiety in the dental office, even before they sit in the chair. Um, are there any tips that you would recommend that we could do to perhaps just? make sure that they know everything is going to be all right, that we're, we're going to walk them through and, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So I think that it depends on, depends on what concerns or issues it is that you notice. So if they're having difficulty with the communication side of things, with comprehension, uh, you it would be helpful if you uh, like decreased your rate of speech when you're explaining the procedures. Uh, repetition, like repeating and rephrasing uh, anything it is that you're that you're trying to communicate to them. It's challenging with when um, someone has difficulty with communication or with comprehension, and they're used to relying on facial expressions, but. In a medical field, a lot of the times—I mean, all the times—you have a mask on, and they're not able to pick up on those cues. So, knowing that they can't see your facial expressions and they, they don't have that as, as information—try uh, to emphasize your tone of, making sure your tone of voice is your your, your tone of voice is in a, a caring, empathetic uh, tone, and. You know, sometimes just uh, a tactile cue of uh, putting your hand on their shoulder for, for reassurance can make all the difference when they're not
0: able to see a smile on your face. That is so good. So what I've heard you say is we really need to make sure that communication is slow and deliberate so we can ensure that they are hearing us and understanding us. and. You said that facial cues are very, very important. And if they're not able to see us, then we have to find a way to compensate for that by our tone and reassuring by um, touching maybe a non-threatening zone like the shoulder just to rub or a pat so that they feel that, someone is in the room to support them. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What's
1: really important is making sure that you're explaining everything, that you're explaining the rationale of why is it that we are poking around in your mouth or or doing things that they they might not be used to having done to them in a a medical setting. when we're working with oral oral hygiene, oral care, it's it's very personal. Very can feel intrusive to some, and you know, explaining the rationale, uh, telling the steps of this is this this is what's going to be happening today, and going through it beforehand with them so that they're prepared and aware, and they can and allowing them to ask questions. Saying, "Is there anything that?" Anything more you'd like to know? Uh, anything that you didn't quite understand? Just checking in with them to make sure that just because they're nodding their head up and down doesn't mean that they are they actually are fully getting what's what's going on. So checking in with them um, verbally just to so that they have an opportunity to say, uh, "I'm not quite
0: sure," or "Can you go over that one more time?" Wow! So. I had a discussion with um, a dental coach, Shelly Renee, some episodes ago, and she gave us this acronym for Winner W for welcoming, creating a nice, fuzzy, warm welcome. I for information, making sure that the patient is well informed as to what is happening. N for next. Letting them know what's upcoming so that they're not anticipating, but they 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 have a clear picture as to what the next steps it what the next steps are. And um, finally, to and uh, um, reassure the patient that whoever the next team member is, they're awesome, they're great to rave about your your team member, and it seems to fit so comfortably and what you've just described so I love that I actually I haven't heard that acronym before but it, it covers it covers all bases
1: bases I've heard of the the tell show do approach where you explain and then you give a visual of showing what it if you have a, a any kind of a, a model to show what it is that you're going to be doing beforehand and then and then the do so tell show do but I i uh i actually kind of prefer winter so i'll I'll definitely be (laughs) taking that and putting in my putting it in my back pocket for future um, treatment sessions
0: well one of the things that makes conversations like this so awesome is that we learn of new tools every day to put in our toolboxes (laughs) because you might be in a situation where just telling them is not enough but what you describe tell show so that they can hear it and see it and then understand what that information is that you're providing to them so it can all work together michelle this is awesome (laughs) this is awesome The, the fact of the matter is i guess as many times as they come into the environment they become more comfortable because it's not unfamiliar so would you advise the dental team to um, encourage parents who have children with disabilities to start them early because i'm thinking that if it's a routine that they've developed from childhood it becomes less and less intimidating what are your thoughts on that
1: yes um i it is it's really important for for dental team members or any medical professional to to realize that a lot of families that have children or there's also adults that, that have uh, disabilities that have caretakers, but that they can feel very hesitant and apprehensive about taking their loved ones into these appointments because they, they know what challenges could come up. So whether it's behavioral, or whether it is just confusion. And sometimes family members kind of avoid these visits and things like dental hygiene can get put on the, on the back burner because to them, it might not seem as, as essential. But of course we know that dental hygiene is extremely important and um, it does almost require some outreach to, to let, these families know that that your practice cares for all types of patients, and that they are welcomed into the office, and that your team will meet them where they are. And being able to work through their challenges and work with their challenges instead of you know skipping over procedures or thinking that they're they're not going to be allowed in the office and things like that. Uh, so just. For the dental team to be aware that the families might be kind of apprehensive and just letting them know that their loved ones are welcomed there and that the caregivers are such a valuable source of information so important to see the caregivers as this is what who i can get the information about as to what challenges the individual has so that your office can be prepared for the things that might come up.
0: Wow, you just made some gold nuggets right there. First of all, I I pro- it makes a lot of sense, but I did not instinctively think about the hesitation that a mother might have about bringing her disabled child. Maybe there's a little embarrassment, maybe there's a little yeah. as you said, not sure if the team will be patient with this child who may mm-hmm. or may not be cooperative <laughs> on a particular day, um, but reassuring them. Perhaps we could look at a pre-visit kind of interview with the um, caregiver to just get a feel for who the child is so that before they come in, the dental team can have a better understanding of this wonderful human being that we have been privileged to take care of. (laughs) Definitely. And
1: I think that I've seen sometimes on on intake forms that there's a question that says, um, does this individual have any kind of medical, physical, developmental, cognitive, or psychological challenges so that the family is has an opportunity to disclose that information beforehand because if they're not directly asked, they just might not mention it. And then the patient comes in and the team is not, is not fully prepared for what's coming their way.
0: Okay, so the gold keeps coming because I can tell you that my medical history form, what you would refer to as intake form, It doesn't have that detailed um, information that we're asking about that particular aspect of the health of um, the patient. We tend to ask about um, medical conditions, um, but that is so important. Thank you for that. Oh, my goodness. You know, when they say you're worth your weight in gold, I think you're worth (laughs) your weight in gold. We've just gotten so many fantastic tidbits today, Michelle. Is there one thing that you can think of that you absolutely would want us to know before you leave? Or do you feel like you've kind of covered everything? Because I can tell you, if you don't say one thing more, we've gotten a lot. But I'm giving (laughs) you the opportunity just in case.
1: Yeah, I think there's, let's see might be one or two more things I'd like to touch on. I think that what's really, so specifically for the the dental field and working with those who have special needs, uh, it's important to realize that there is a correlation between uh, decreased oral hygiene and those that have special needs because of the challenges with attention or challenges with fine motor skills or if they have a, a learning disability of, of realizing the importance of, of of brushing thoroughly and so in terms of the self-care just making sure that not only the the patient but also the caregiver has a clear understanding that this might be something that's Something that seems so straightforward, brushing your teeth, could be a challenge for them. And if you're seeing and, and that, they, that this patient has more significant dental challenges or issues, it could be because the, the, the patient is not able to, to grip the toothbrush in the correct, correct way, or they don't have the attention span to, to, to spend the time on all the different areas uh, of the mouth. And there are a few different adaptations that can be done, like there's uh, extenders for the toothbrush or handles that have thicker grips that can be attached to it to help with the dexterity. Uh, an electric toothbrush can can help with uh, just being more thorough. So what I'm getting at is, for the, the dental team to to recognize that there might be some adjustments that have to be made uh, that are not typical to what you would instruct a typical patient for the self-care aspect. Oh,
0: that that is so important. So a couple of things. What you said is so correct, manual dexterity uh, might be challenging or just grasping the concept that this needs to be done more regularly can be a challenge. So we, in our office kind of assess each patient and regardless of what the the routine time is between cleaning visits, we modify it to the patient's needs. So that's good. And then there are simple things that we encourage um, caregivers to do in terms of um, manual dexterity. Sometimes you can get a squeezer ball and just put the uh, handle of the toothbrush through it so gripping is, is not so challenging. But I think, Michelle, what you're really saying to us is that we really need to take the time to know, to understand our clients who may have disabilities so that we can serve them and by extension their families well based on what their needs are
1: definitely definitely just seeing each as an individual and trying to identify what the areas of weakness are and then working around that working with them and it could be as and Just keeping in mind that they might need a little bit more time, even in terms of how long the appointment is,
0: taking the time and the care that's required for each of them. Right, that's another good point. Understanding when the appointment is being scheduled, what's going to happen and how long it's going to take and how many assistants need to be in the room. Because sometimes you need more than one assistant to keep the patient calm, to help the doctor. You know, sometimes depending on caregiver, they may be in the room. Sometimes you may not want them to be in the room. Just to, just looking at the dining. So you really have to plan the appointment based on the patient. I tend like to see patients who need a little more care and time in the morning. Maybe not first thing in the morning, but earlier in the day because my I'm just thinking that they're less tired, that <laughs> they're more tolerant this morning. But I don't know if you think that that makes a difference or not.
1: Well, actually, you brought up something that I meant to touch on, which is, which, thank you for that. It cut, it goes back to connecting with the caregiver beforehand. So finding out what time, cause each individual is different, what time of day is best for them. If you're working with someone that has special needs, you want to get them at the optimal, optimal time, because for some they can be very irritable in the morning, Uh, for some there's medications that they take that can impact their awareness, that can impact uh, if they're feeling more lethargic. for others later later during the day does not work because then they're gonna be anxious the whole day thinking about this appointment. And it's better to catch them right when they wake up. So just connecting with the parents and find finding out what's what is best for them. And even adjustments like if they if a patient has if they're thinking that the patient is going to have behavioral difficulties, then maybe bringing their child their favorite stuffed animal with them, so that they have some something from home to to not feel like they're in such a strange place, or bringing a blanket with them, or playing during the visit, playing like their favorite song in the background while they're while they while they're being treated. So there are lots of things that are outside of the box that are okay to incorporate into the the treatment session that might seem a little atypical, but you're working with someone that's atypical, so you have to be open to those little quirks and differences.
0: What can I say other than wow? (laughs) I thought we were just going to have a casual conversation and you're going to share some tips, but... You know what? If I am to be truthful, I think this episode people are going to listen to a couple of times because there's so many pearls, so many tips that have been said that are not things that are difficult to do. It's just that perhaps we had not thought it through. And this would be a good thing for a dental team to listen to as they prepare their I would say playbook for um, seeing patients with disabilities. Michelle, I could go on and on because this has been such an interesting conversation, but before I end each podcast, I always um, like to leave a little quote for our guest, And this one comes from Bob Marley. Now I don't know when this is going to air, but it happens to be, Bob Mali's birthday today. So whenever we hear this, we will celebrate Bob's birthday. And he said, the greatness of a man is not how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. We certainly can affect those around us positively by just thinking through how we approach what the visit should look like and feel like. Um, And, you know, the bottom line is if you're prepared for something, even if it doesn't go 100%, it's so much less stressful than if you have no idea (laughs) and you're clutching at straws. So thank you so much, Michelle Allen. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot. I'm sure my listeners have learned a lot. I can't thank you enough except to say that I hope you'll join us for another podcast episode sometime in the future.
1: I so appreciate you having me. And I love that quote from Bob Marley. And I would just like to to leave the, the listeners with this small piece is to, as you said, being aware, having some background knowledge, is so important to, to have the tools to, to respond to those that could come into your office that have special needs. And as long as you are approaching it with respect, patience, and empathy, you're,
0: you're going in the right direction. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. And those great words we say, bye, Michelle. It was great. We'll see you the next time. So, so many pearls. I don't even know where to begin. Michelle Allen left some gems with us today. She reminded us of the importance of slow and deliberate communication with our patients who may have learning disabilities or who may have developmental challenges or mental challenges. And also, they rely a lot on facial cues, and if we're wearing masks and headgear, it, it really dampens the experience for those patients. So we have to think of other ways to let them feel comfortable. Our tone, our rate at which we speak, the touch in a non-threatening zone depending on the patient, because some patients may not want to be touched at all. She also reminded us that their home self-care may need to be customized. I mean, they may need extenders for the toothbrush or an electrical toothbrush or adding bulk to the handle of the toothbrush by slipping a rubber ball on it. Something that would specifically assist that patient with being able to manage the home care regime that we recommend and also when we're scheduling to give adequate time so we're not rushing these patients and based on what we know needs to be done schedule appropriately and then also to determine what time of day is best Some. People, they are probably best at noon because it takes a little while to get up and get themselves together. She reminded us that if medication needs to be taken, all of that has to be taken into consideration when setting the appointment. Because some people may be very cranky and tired in the afternoon, so finding that sweet spot for the appointment time is key. And while they're being treated, we need to probe to see if they have a favorite song that we can play while they're having their dental treatment or encourage them to bring along um, something of comfort. It could be a stuffed toy or a blanket or just something that grounds them. Right. And here is the diamond of all diamonds. This is the one that stands out most for me. I have to go back and look at my intake form and include questions about mental and developmental challenges so that hesitant parents may be more at ease just sharing about their disabled child without having to explain too much um yeah learned a lot michelle allen thank you you know life is so much better when we live we learn and we grow together remember now don't be selfish subscribe share like Give me some feedback. I love, 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 love feedback. And don't hesitate to look out for me next two weeks. Every two weeks we drop a new episode. Remember, we're going to live, learn and grow together.